0: Welcome to O, oh, a podcast, the podcast about playing games and making games, brought to you by OROC Studios. I'm Paul Franzen, the head boy of OROC. And I'm Michael Gray, the head
1: writer of OROC. How's it going, Michael? How you been? Uh, it's fine, I suppose. <laughs> I'm trying to remember something which happened in this past month. Oh, yeah, we've got video game stuff to talk about. We got we got plenty of stuff
0: to go, yeah, let's let's skip over the uh, the small talk. Let's get right into it.:
1: Okay, and let's spend the next five minutes doing small talk, and then we'll get right into it. <laughs> Perfect. So I had
0: a really great lunch uh, this weekend. I I, managed, I talked to my wife into stopping a cracker barrel, and I just I love it so much.
1: Oh, well, I... you know, they recently built, like, the first Cracker Barrel in Oregon. And by oh. recently, I mean, like, six <laughs> or seven months ago, so it's not all that recent anymore.
0: I'm so happy for you. But you I have think, to go.
1: I think it's still at the the point where, you know, it's still new and exciting, and it's still super mm-hmm. crowded all the time. Right. So, uh, we, we, it took us, like, two or three tries just to even get in.
0: But you actually got in. What did you get?
1: Um... I had no idea. I've never really had Southern-style food, so I got, like, we got, like, the sampler platter. Something, one of those samplers, so I could try, like, try different things. I'm like, have you heard of this thing called grits? That's like, (laughs) it's like eating pavement. It's...
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is good. No, this is good. Let's make people upset, like, right away when they listen to the podcast, and they'll just turn it off right now. This is good. (laughs) So what did you get? Uh... I'm I'm completely enamored with the uh, the country fried steak, just a, a big pile of meat with this really delicious sauce of some unknown origin on top. Um, I think that's I get it every single time I go there, which which isn't that often. Um, they, there's like a whole bunch of them like in like a one hour radius from our house, but they haven't managed to creep any closer to that. So it's always like if we're going away for the weekend that we can go then. Um, mm-hmm. but i always i always get that and uh with the fried apple on the side and their mac and cheese you ha- you have to try their mac and cheese it's very good mac and cheese
1: actually i know they've been selling the uh, mac and cheese in our stores forever like our grocery stores and uh we finally had a bunch of money from turning in uh soda cans and so um i'm like okay we're going to get the rich person mac and cheese cuz <laughs> I never buy Cracker Barrel mac and cheese, because it's like 2 3 dollars more than every other type of mac and cheese in the store. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing if their mac and cheese is worth the hype. If it's Michael. worth selling in stores.
0: Michael, can I blow your mind?
1: What? Okay.
0: It's not the same Cracker Barrel. What? What? The Cracker Barrel mac and cheese they sell in stores is different from the restaurant. They they, I, they told me this, because uh, I, did, I did the same thing. I got it, um... During week, I think it was like on super sales, like, okay, finally I'll I'll open up the wallet and get the good mac and cheese. <laughs> and I was talking with the person at the checkout, and she was like, No, yeah, Cracker Barrel um, is I, I think she was saying it was like a cheese company that actually predates the restaurant. So the Cracker Barrel mac and cheese is mac and cheese created by the Cracker Barrel Cheese Company,
1: and it's not the same thing. That is okay. Cause I thought because I hadn't seen it in stores before Cracker Barrel actually moved into our area. Ah. So that's... I mean, that's why I made that connection. Well,
0: maybe I'm totally wrong. But that <laughs> was what, <laughs> what the person at the uh, the checkout counter told me. No,
1: I, I will trust the person <laughs> at the checkout counter. They they are always trustworthy.
0: So what's uh, what video games have you been working on lately?
1: So I was actually going to talk about um, uh, playing video games, if you don't mind. Oh, wow. Okay. So I... Um, this past weekend I tried to, to live stream Uh, you know, you, I think you saw my poll on Twitter I had like three, I had four yes. different adventure games so I tried out um, Sherlock Holmes and Other Bow which was just kind of awful and didn't work but it would have been really great to play it when it first came out in like the late 80s because it, it mm-hmm. has like mm-hmm. a really expansive vocabulary for a text parser and stuff like that I just couldn't figure out how to work to text parser I'm not good with text parsers yeah <laughs> so next game i tried was lost in time which was the uh, by sierra which is actually a really good game i wish i could play it on my own time <laughs> uh the problem is uh getting the game to run um none of the audio was coming through i mean all the sound effects were coming through but none of none of the dialogue or the the music was coming through and so cutscenes were just awful, because it's just characters moving their mouths and me having to guess what is happening. (laughs) But uh, the premise seems really interesting. It's, uh, you know, you're a person in 1992, you wake up on, like, a a slave, a slavery boat, a a slave ship from the 1840s, and there's some sort of, I understand there's some sort of evil wizard with time-traveling powers who's basically just out to get you, and has been planning to get you ever, you know, since before you were born. And why?
0: Why would, Why has he been planning to get you?
1: I couldn't understand that part. The character's right. mouths were moving. And, I, <laughs> and you know, so, you know, I went on a slave boat, um, solved puzzles there, managed to, you know, solve the puzzle of getting out of the hold and getting to the rest of the boat. And I found some sort of crazy artifact. I don't know what it is. And it switched. The game abruptly switched to, like, nineteen forties i'm a uh now I'm a black woman in the nineteen forties who just inherited a house I think it okay. actually might be the nineteen thirties and a bunch of gangsters slash people who are selling illegal alcohol are in the house that I just inherited, so I need to you know get proof i you know I need to go inside the house get proof of their evil, I presume, and uh call the police. I'm like, what does this have to do with what was just going on? I don't know. <laughs> But it was it was still pretty cool. Uh it's a half live action game, if that makes sense. So whenever there's an item you can interact with, there's a live action scene of somebody like interacting with the object. You you know, if you're using the door handle to open the door, there's just you click on it and then a little window pops up and you see the woman's arm go and move the door handle.
0: So if this came out like what, like ninety one, ninety two you think? Ninety two, yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's super early for a uh, for full motion video like that. Cool. Yeah,
1: yeah, it doesn't cover the entire screen. It's generally just well, a yeah. really small thing of, uh, but that's a cool way of letting people know which objects are the ones that you can interact with and which ones are just there for decoration. Because all the objects you can interact with have their own little cutscenes and you know you've solved the puzzle when you can't see, you know, you can't see a scene with that item anymore.
0: So it's an early Sierra game. So, what it, but it wasn't text uh, a text parser. It was point and click. It's is point correct? and click. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so my my uh, with early Sierra games, I find that I I basically get stuck all of the time. Was that an issue that you ran into this game, where there's like, a lot of dead ends, a lot of deaths, or was it pretty? Uh,
1: there were no deaths, but I got kind. myself pretty yeah. stuck. Um, okay. And so I eventually stopped playing. I'm like, this is obviously a game I need to play on my own first. So I know how to solve the puzzles. But the puzzles mm-hmm. were pretty good. Some of the, um I'd say the inventory item interface was not so good. Say you have a wallet in your inventory, then there's a sub-inventory for the things in the wallet. And so that was just kind of a pain for, uh, you know, use one item on another item. Because I had to, you know, open all these sub-inventories to get to all the items. Wasn't it a uh,
0: deja vu did something like that, too, right? You would like have your wallet inside your jacket, inside something else, you had to go through all these different containers before you actually find the item that you're looking for. Yeah, I seem to remember
1: that. that. was kind of a pain. So the third game I played was Igor Objective Uica Cohonia, which okay. is um, a 1995 adventure game by this company in Spain. Um, I forget what other games they've made. I think it's like the runway guys or something.
0: No, the, the developers of Runaway, a Road Adventure?
1: Yeah, I think that might be it. Okay, wait, now I'm going to have to check this game out because
0: I, I don't know what I would say. I yes, like the it's Runaway uh, games, Hidden but... <laughs> Runaway,
1: a Road Adventure, Runaway, Road Adventure, Runaway 2, Dream of the Turtles. Yep, that's them. So
0: this is okay.
1: the first game made by them, uh, this company in Spain.
0: Yeah, Pendulo Studios, that's them.
1: Run, yeah, so it's Runaway, it's a, a point and click adventure series, right?
0: Yes, yeah, it is. Yep. Oh, I'm so excited. I didn't know this game existed.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. (laughs) I'll have to share it with you. Yeah. So, word of warning, there are problems with the game. (laughs) Yes, I bet, because there are
0: problems with the runaway games. But I'm curious to hear what these problems are.
1: (laughs) So the main problem with the game is it's just a totally awful title, by the way. Objective (laughs) Week Cohonia, Yeah. Which has nothing to do with the actual game. So the storyline of the game is that, uh, Igor, Igor wants to go on the class biology trip. He, he's in college or high school or whatever, and, um, his crush is going on the biology trip, so he decides he has to be on the biology trip too. And that's, that's, that's basically the storyline of the game is, um, trying to find your way to be, to go on the biology trip. And you've got like three main objectives, which is one, you need to enroll in the biology class, uh, number two, you need to do a biology project. And number three, you need to find a, a bunch of money to pay for your your plane ticket.
0: I'm already looking this game up on eBay. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I need it. I need it in my life.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> the game doesn't make any of those objectives clear, if that makes sense. Ah, uh, That's yes. the problem. I mean, I know about it because I played the game, but I... You know, you don't find out about it until afterwards. It's like, oh, that's the reason I was trying to stop art smugglers. It's because I needed money in order to buy a ticket. Or that's the reason why I, um, Igor, I don't know, it's kind of in the line of, uh, your adventure game character does horrible things.
0: (laughs) That's, that's the Pendulo Studios I know oh there it is good good (laughs) so it's been several years at this point since i played the runaway games but the thing that i remember most about i want to say it was the first one could have been the second i yeah it was the first one um you had to burn down a hospital if i recall (laughs) the puzzle solution whatever you were trying to do i think you were trying to get your friend out of the hospital and the way to do it was to burn it to the ground so, you know, stuff like that. And I've I, various instances of the characters being, you know, racist, sexist. Um, there are some parts that I, I would go into a little more detail of that I remember, but uh, this podcast is kind of family friendly, so I won't.
1: Yeah, uh, I think I can explain some, um, you know, some of the stuff happens in, in this game, too. Like, yeah. Basically, he tricks, he just messes with this old woman who lost her cat, and he gives her a fat lizard and says, here's your cat. And she goes, oh, you're so nice, young man. (laughs) And his crush actually sees this and says, oh, I heard that you gave a cat to this old woman. You're so nice. I'm impressed with you. And I'm like, oh, no.
0: No, I need to play this.
1: I want it right now. (laughs) So he kind of uses the... (laughs) I mean, I, I don't know. That would probably be spoiling some puzzles. But he uses the firecracker for a bad thing. And in order to get the the biology project, he tries blackmailing another student. So he purposely tries to set this guy up so he can blackmail him. Yeah, so I, I actually played through the game on my own, um, just closely following a walkthrough. And um, I actually did a video walkthrough, so that will be up on my YouTube channel whenever
0: yeah, I'm uh, so I'm skimming my uh my old reviews from Game Cola cuz I reviewed the the Runaway 1 and 2 and I I'm just like there's like a list of the horrible things that you have to do like um there's like a part where you you examine an object and you say, "Oh, this person really needs this." And then you can just steal it for no reason. Um you insult people uh, whose help that you need. Uh, the character makes fun of you for getting uh, puzzle solutions wrong, which is kind of fun. That's probably something I would do. Uh, here's a fun one. Uh, steal ancient Mayan artifacts from a museum and then make coffee out of them and then feed that coffee to somebody, uh, destroy other ancient artifacts with a laser beam just to get someone's attention, Uh um... this part was fun. Watch the love of his life fall into a hole, and then just assume she's dead, and that's it, and just move on. Like, she, like a hole was, like, not that deep. She just fell in, and you're like, oh, no, and then that's it. They're just gone forever. Y-
1: yes, you rob a crying woman. <laughs> you poison people. You, you actually are supposed to poison your rival, um... I don't know if he's dead. Well, he's clearly not dead. He makes it all the way alive, and he's alive and well in the a- ending cutscene, but still. Oh, man. There's some I, weird... I... <laughs> I, I got a couple of things to talk about game element, or game design okay. elements, I suppose, which would be more relevant to our podcast. It's a... Yes. Okay, go ahead. They've Let's hear it. They've got a couple of characters that you can't interact with. You can really? look at the character, um, but you can't talk or interact with them at all. And they've got a couple of screens which, I I mean, I guess it's good that they had a lot of artwork, but those screens were just unnecessary. So, for example, there's the physics classroom where you need to get a pencil, or is it a pen? One of those two things. You get a writing instrument from that room, and that's all the room is good for. You just need to go inside, get a pen, and leave. So that room is basically useless, but there's also the, the one screen which is the entrance to the physics classroom, and that just makes me feel like it's a waste of two screens, because the only reason they're there is so you can get a pencil. You could find a pencil. They easily could have put the pencil somewhere else and and saved, Hmm. like, two screens.
0: Yeah, that makes me wonder if they had originally planned to do more with the screen, maybe, and they kind of pared down some of the puzzles but still left the pencil in there. This actually reminds me a lot of uh, things that uh, older CR games even older than the 1992 91 one we were just talking about where they would just have like endless screens where you just walk through forests and deserts and nothing ever happens and you're just like traversing all these places and just kind of exploring the train and, and and taking in the sights but not actually like doing anything. <laughs> something I didn't really like in those games.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't really like it well I thought it was weird because some of the characters that you can't talk to, seemed interesting or like the person whose folder Mm. you stole she seemed like she could be an interesting character (laughs) but um she's only there to basically cry (laughs) and be distracted so you could steal her folder
0: oh maybe her puzzle uh here's a question does this game have a a voiced dialogue no it does not yeah I was gonna say suggest that maybe they had to cut uh, dialogue to because they ran out of space in the game or something like that, but I guess not, huh? Yeah, I don't know that 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 makes me think that it was some sort of late design. Like maybe they play tested the game and nobody liked that puzzle, or maybe they just ran out of time to program some puzzles that had yeah. to do with this character or this location stuff like that, or maybe. Um, I don't know they they had the artist draw this background and then they didn't um, end up having much of a use for it but they still wanted to include it so that the work didn't like the work that they had done didn't go to waste something like that.
1: Yeah. No, I mean the puzzle with the the crying girl is actually pretty solid. Oh, yeah. That was one I was able to solve <laughs> on my own. It's um, you know, steal her examination folder and switch it with your rival's folder. They look basically the exact same. And on I'm his so folder, happy. he has his locker combination written so you can open up his locker.
0: I'm so happy that there's an early Pendulo game that I didn't even know about, oh man, you have no idea <laughs> i need to I need to get this and play this right away yeah,
1: I mean there's also I'm wondering if there are alternate puzzle solutions because they've got three inventory hmm. items that you never use,
0: maybe those go with the uh the puzzles that I'm speculating don't exist anymore or uh or yeah, maybe they're for alternate solutions that would make sense too maybe there's maybe there is something more you can do in that scene that just has a pencil. Mm-hmm. That you didn't do because you solved a puzzle in a different way.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking specifically in the janitor's area, because there's a, a huge chunk of dialogue about a bird in his area, but you can solve the bird puzzle a different way, and the other way is easier, so. Yeah. I- I'm wondering oh, it's man. like if it is at all possible for you to try to get the bird, or if that was just them messing with you. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean that that's definitely something that earlier adventure games did a lot more. I feel like I, I think that they had alternate solutions much more frequently than than games that come out today do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it all seems very possible to me. Yeah. So were you were you streaming these games? Yeah, I is live streamed it. Yeah. So how what did your audience make of these games? Because I f- I feel like the typical Argle uh fan base is you know the Nancy Drew enthusiast. Did they did they like these older? weirder adventure games
1: some people were into um lost in time but mm. i i feel like nobody was really too much into the igor game oh. uh, they liked it okay they more like the story which is what i like too but i, I kind of wish there was more story to the game because let's see they're only like they're like four scenes with the crush and like two scenes with the rival i just kind of wish that or whatever you call it. It's like, you know, you're give, you meet your crush at the start of the game, and then she doesn't really appear for hours later. And so that that just made me kind of sad. I wish I'd done another puzzle with those characters, as opposed to just random nameless characters who you rob and mess with. <laughs> but there's there also one puzzle in the game. Oh, I'll spoil the solution for you. So there's a sure. maze... And the solution to the puzzle is solution actually. You need to spell out the word solution in the maze. Okay. And while that's a that's a pretty clever puzzle solution puzzle idea, but it takes seven minutes to get through the bloody maze (laughs) and spelling out the word solution. And then you have to go backwards through the maze. You have to do it it's just the worst. It's just really the worst. Yeah. So I mean Playing these games made me kind of excited for the idea of doing an old-style adventure game. Sure, But, you know, like, the escape room game is totally not in that style. It's in the style of the more modern, casual games, where it's just puzzle, 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 and item, 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 item.
0: Well, obviously we need to have the main characters insult and steal from each other. (laughs) Maybe that'll help. (laughs) Yeah. Set fire to the the escape room in order to uh, escape it. (laughs) killing everyone else inside. That sounds great.
1: Yeah. So I'm kind of having trouble figuring out what the next writing project should be. I went through the escape room game and I noticed a couple... I mean, I rewrote the dialogue for a couple of items whose puzzles Mm -hmm. I think had changed. I mean, I replaced one puzzle that I got rid of. Um, I I actually think the the replacement solution is a lot Mm -hmm. easier and better. Or or the replacement puzzle is easier (laughs) and better. Um, From a programming standpoint, actually from an artwork standpoint. So the original solution was to, uh, you're supposed to put a horse, uh, there's supposed to be this carriage with room for three horses, but the mm-hmm. middle horse is missing and you're supposed to notice that and put a horse in to finish the group. But I wasn't sure how to do the artwork for that. <laughs> um... Because I don't know how I would do the artwork for three horses and one horse is obviously missing. I tried doing it, and it looked like it's just two horses with a gap in between sure.
0: them. Yeah, it'd be easier if it was four horses, and then you'd have, like, horse, gap, horse, horse, and then it's... But with three horses, it just looks like, where do you put the gap? And it just looks like there's a space between the horses. Yeah, so I, I yeah. switched
1: it to... Um, one horse on a pedestal who's all lonely waiting for waiting for his girlfriend horse to show up.
0: Aww.
1: And, and I just did a cute little thing. I think I did a cute little artwork thing in them with a heart <laughs>
0: anyway. <laughs> that sounds super sweet. Well,
1: that's a that's an easier solution. But yeah, like I said, when I went through, I, I had to change. It's like, oh, I changed some of these puzzle solutions. Uh, one puzzle I wasn't sure... So I think there are a couple of places where it's like... I don't know if we can do this puzzle, if it's even possible, so so I think with the Christmas tree, um, the puzzle's just moving ornaments around on on a Christmas tree to put them in a specific uh, format. I had no idea if that was possible or not.
0: Right, yeah, well, in the uh, the version I'm looking at, it mentions uh, making the ornaments into the shape of a smiley face.
1: Oh, hey, that's nice.
0: (laughs) I don't know if that's still still what you were thinking uh, now, but... uh... Let's see. I mean, you could, I mean, you could literally make each individual item, each individual ornament, a separate item in the game, and then once they're in your inventory, use them on the different spots on the tree, and then have the game check to see whether they're all in the correct spot. Something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Another thing I've done is um, I've put a bunch of puzzles that would be on a separate screen. That way, if it's impossible to program it wouldn't like mm-hmm. destroy the game so for example we've got three blocks we've got a square block we've got a triangle block we've got a circle block and the idea is that the circle block puzzle will be on a on a separate screen unless it turns out it's too hard to program or it doesn't work <laughs> in AGS in which case it's just it's just going to go straight from you tried to solve the circle block puzzle, too. Here's your reward for solving the puzzle. Just cut the puzzle out. Nobody will be able to tell the difference. They'll think you just used the, the circle on the circle block and got an item for it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I tried to disguise it like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's definitely possible to do stuff on separate screens. Um, We did it a little bit in the beard in the mirror. Like when you open the drawer, it goes to a separate screen. Yeah. That's like that.
1: that's uh, what I was thinking. Yeah.
0: Yeah but if you notice we only did that in the very beginning of the game and then never really did it again. Uh, <laughs> and I mean it's part of that's just because it's one more art asset you need to make. I guess it depends on how complicated the art is going to be, but you know, every every single background takes time, every piece of art takes time, so
1: um
0: mm-hmm. and and if we have a dedicated artist working on the project then, you know, that changes things a little bit, but we're going to we haven't gotten to that we haven't gotten to that point yet where we know what the situation with the art is going to be.
1: Oh my uh, gosh. Uh <laughs> I'm just checking here. Item six four is marshmallows. I don't see any marshmallows in my artwork. What are the marshmallows oh, used the marshmallows. for?
0: Marshmallows? No, wait. Uh, oh, wait, it has an asterisk next to it. That means something.
1: Uh, that's an item you should be able to pick up right away. Oh gosh.
0: Oh yeah, because you need them for the uh hot, the chocolate, hot chocolate to make it yeah. a useful thing of hot you chocolate. You need them for the hot chocolate. Where are they?
1: No, no. Uh, what is the hot chocolate used on? Uh, the hot chocolate is. Oh no! Okay, I've, uh-huh. I've got to search for this item. Yeah. See, these are the All problems. Right. <laughs> oh, uh, the hot chocolate. Oh. I know y- it's you on know? screen yeah. seven. Okay, I see. I see what the hot chocolate okay. is used for. But um, what was I gonna say? Um, there's a food puzzle which I don't know. I've seen this in a gajillion games, but it's always in the casual adventure games. I've never seen it in, like, an old-style adventure game. You know, you've got all four of your ingredients at the bottom of the screen, like inventory items, and you move the sandwich over to the frying pan. And then then you have to move, you know, the soda over to the blender on the left. And then you take the thing from the frying pan and move it into the blender... And then press the blender button to blend it all up. That sounds disgusting, by the way. <laughs> but something like that, where, um, I know the first step should be easy enough to program where it, you know, you've got three mm-hmm. or four cooking instruments on the screen. Mm-hmm. You just move something from your inventory onto those instruments. I don't know if the second step is possible of, uh, you know, I move something to the frying pan. Can I then pick it up and use it on something else on the screen?
0: Um, so you're saying you take something from your inventory or whatever, and you click on the frying pan, add it to the, and then you could do something like
1: yeah, and be the frying fried. the
0: frying pan is now itself something you can pick up, like you, yeah, you use yeah. the hand cursor on the frying pan. It's like what we did in um, the treasure room scene, right, where you pick up the hook, and then your cursor instead of like adding the hook right to your inventory, the the your cursor just becomes the hook, and then your next step is where on the screen do you use this hook? So it could be something like you click, you put the stuff in the pan. You click on the pan, your cursor is now the pan, and you have to click on the thing on your screen that you're supposed to use the pan with, something like that. Um, That could be possible.
1: Okay, that sounds good. I have have no idea where, uh, I mean, what to do, but um, (laughs) it's definitely a case where, uh, like I said, I tried to do a lot of the puzzles sort of in the the casual adventure game style, and that's generally a puzzle you see a lot, uh, Mm -hmm. You know, food-slash-cooking puzzle. Uh, sure. Other puzzles you see a lot: feeding a hungry animal. Uh, is there
0: going to be? A, is there a cute animal in the game?
1: It's the squirrel, right? I think I the squirrel. Yes, you're right. Okay, I changed good. the squirrel's artwork. Oh yeah, there's also a chicken, but that's not. You don't feed the chicken. You 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 scare the chicken. Is <laughs> the puzzle solution?
0: <laughs> oh, okay, that's fair.
1: Now, here's the puzzle that I can. Um, final puzzle to ask about is the exit room. Uh, uh, puzzle. So basically the way the, the game is structured is that we go through um, your room and you know use items on other items. and in the end, your inventory is just going to have the you know three pieces of paper which have the digits for the uh, exit door. So it's mm-hmm. one of those doors where you just need to press in the, the passcode and the door unlocks. And so I was wondering if that is actually a possible puzzle. Is it possible to have, like, uh, just a screen where it's just the door and your character, you know, has the three digits and they have to select what order to use the digits in? And yeah. That would be just guessing, so... I-, I presume.
0: Well, we could do something like, we see the door, we see the um the lock with the numbers. I'm, I'm picturing, like, a padlock with numbers. You kind of scroll through the numbers, right? Or flick through the numbers. Ooh, yeah, that could like be that. a thing, yeah. Yeah, so I'm just thinking, like, the you know, you go there, the room the lock is set to whatever the default is, like zero zero zero, and maybe you hover your your hand cursor over each of the buttons individually and you click and it, you know, the art just changes to one and then two and then three every time you click it and just kind of scrolls through those. That that would actually that should be fairly simple and actually not even that art intensive because, you know, just drawing a bunch of different numbers probably isn't that tough. Um and then Every maybe every time you change the number, then the game then checks like is number correct. If so, and then the door unlocks, something like that. Okay, yeah, that sounds pretty good. I think we need more wacky item combination puzzles, puzzles, less casual game puzzles. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, see that's the problem with both of us collaborating on an adventure game, right? Because the wacky item puzzles is like ni- I want I my ideal game would be like ninety five to a hundred percent that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's part of what I like yeah. about this. I mean, I did it in the yeah. style of the adventure games. I mean, on purpose, the ones that have like wacky, yeah, sort of wacky puzzle solutions. Like here's a chicken. You need to scare the chicken, <laughs> or you know we need to shave the beard off Poor of the chicken. Statue of Liberty. I think that's weird enough to work.
0: <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I, I guess it feels like there's probably a pretty good balance uh, between the two types of puzzles. I'll just have to see when I, when I, you know move into production with that and, and sort of shift my focus over to that
1: yeah uh, um, I mean like I said I had no idea how to write it or <laughs> really yeah no idea how to program it or or you yeah, know basically just fun. set up the documents so it was me trying my best to figure out my main my main problem was okay I want to have it so you only have these three inventory items by the time you're done with all these puzzles and I knew right. I wanted at least four items per room so I had to figure out some sort of way to get items to overlap similar to the adventure game puzzle segment and um, mermaid mission Titanic, where Mm. I wanted to have a set amount of items by specifically wanted to have each screen have at least one item, which you use on another item on that exact same screen. Mm -hmm. I just thought that would be, I don't know for, for whatever reason in my mind, it's like, that's an ideal thing because it's kind of boring when you know I find four items on the screen, none of them can be used here. They're used on a completely separate screen.
0: Yeah, okay, so, I can I can buy that. Sure. So
1: I tried to have tried to give every screen at least some sort of puzzle where you you pick up an item on the screen and you use it on an another item on that exact same screen.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I'm certainly I'm not that level of structure. I don't think when I'm designing games. There's a lot of, a lot of different weird things I do with items, uh, when I'm designing puzzles. So one thing, um, I'll do is I leave like kind of like little breadcrumbs for myself. Like if I, if I'm designing a room and there's a really interesting type of item I want to put in that room, uh, I'll put it there even if I don't know what we're going to use it for later. Um, the big example from test game, uh, sorry, the beard in the mirror was, uh, the map in the, in the drawer. We put that map there. We knew it was important. We had no idea why it was important. We didn't figure out what the map was at all until like basically many, many years into development until we got to the part where we needed the map. We didn't know what that map was for, but, but we put it in there. We we kind of baked that into the design early on. So, you know, we'll do stuff like that or um, what was it in life in the dorms? There's a puzzle involving ramen noodles. Once you use the ramen noodles, I thought it made sense that you would be left with the uh, seasoning packets left over because we didn't need them. So I put them in the inventory and I just sort of figured I would come up with a good use for them later. And then sometimes, you know, you'll design a puzzle around being able to use that item, make it nice and neat. Maybe it'll inspire you uh, to come up with a puzzle that you hadn't thought of before. Stuff like that. Um, And I do try to do that, like the thing you were saying, I do try to make sure that Most of the items you pick up, you don't necessarily use in that, in the room that you're already in, just because I think if the majority are like that, the puzzle gets a little too easy. I kind of like to have items spread around a bit, um, I think the downside of a lot of this is, I think you noticed while you were, uh, streaming The Beard in the Mirror, is that you have a very large inventory throughout most of the game, (laughs) and, um, I didn't do a good job of decluttering the inventory, um. Uh, once you use an item unless there's a specific reason why you would no longer have that item anymore it kind of stays in your inventory
1: yeah whereas you know the modern adventure game style is items are used once and then that's it
0: yeah so i don't know i i i thought it made sense to keep the items around and maybe you could use them later but it did like the the farther you get in the game the more complicated it gets like I know I have a puzzle here, and I have 600 items in my inventory, and I don't know which is the single item, Um, and it could be an item that I have already used before. So I could have done a trick like the Curse of Monkey Island. I think the other Monkey Island games do this too, but definitely Curse does a thing where um, once your inventory gets uh, sort of oversaturated, you get to this part in the story where you're eaten by a snake, (laughs) and um, once you get out of the snake, you discover that a lot of your items have been digested by the snake, and you don't have them anymore. So, like, they kind of write in story instances for why you don't have these items anymore. And I kind of like that, at least, as a way to kind of clean the slate. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and and there there were definitely, by the end of development, items that we didn't use for anything. Um, I think we might have talked about this before, but uh, in an early build of the Beard in the Mirror, uh, you could pick up thorns from the wall in the thorny cave. Paul would go, ouch, and then add them to his inventory, and then... Uh, we never found a use for them. So uh, the problem with those items, actually, so the thorns are something that if you don't pick them up on that screen, there's a point in the game where you can't go back and get them. So once we got to that point and we hadn't used the thorns, we just figured we should just drop them from the game. Um, mm-hmm. Because otherwise, if we did make it an essential solution, then we've just suddenly introduced a potential dead end into the game where um, you you need the thorns to to beat the final battle, but you don't have them because you didn't get them. <laughs> that That's something I sort of do have to pay a lot of attention to in puzzle design is making sure that at the point that you need an item, it's always possible to still acquire that item if you, for whatever reason, have not acquired that item yet. That's like a really important, I, I think, adventure game design uh, tenant that um, was not something that a lot of early adventure games followed. Um, again, <laughs> I, I keep dumping on Sierra. I love Sierra. Early Sierra games were 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 lousy with issues like that, and they probably would have said that that was an intentional design choice, but I think it was a bad design choice <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so uh you know that was just one of the more interesting things of trying to figure out how how the various puzzles overlap uh, in in like I said in the more modern style of you use an item on an item and you get another item
0: yes <laughs> So before we get into letters, I'll just give a quick update on a couple of the games we're working on, if that's all right.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, I could do that, yeah. too. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, Internet court. Uh, we have most of the footage at this point. There's only a couple stragglers. Yeah, a couple stragglers I'm still waiting for. Um, we did run into a few uh, technical issues. I had to send uh, a couple of our actors back for reshoots. I'm not going to name any names. Uh, one, only only it, one it, of... Mom.
1: We <laughs> no. hate you.
0: no there was there was an actor and i love him he his work was great he did have a big star wars poster hanging in the background in all of his scenes um so i unfortunately i felt i felt super bad about it i had to ask him to go re-record it all because i don't want to be sued by disney is the thing (laughs) we hadn't secured the rights to star wars for use in our in our little fmv game um so you know stuff like that happens it's it's no big deal um they were cool about it, so um i again i felt I felt bad i don't I never like asking people to to redo work or do extra work uh but stuff happens, but yeah, uh the game uh, editing has been going really well I'm like oh yeah, I think I actually said this on twitter earlier i'm I'm like seven pages into it or something out of uh seventy plus pages something along those lines um I've had to create over 100 different caption images already. <laughs> so it's definitely, there's definitely going to be like over a thousand captions, I'm pretty sure, in this game.
1: Oh, please tell me there's like some sort of cheat to make it easier.
0: <laughs> I haven't found it yet.
1: <laughs> I've noticed, I found that out yeah. like halfway through the Everything Wrong With series. Yeah. Was, um, so what I did to create the captions on the videos, because <laughs> I use, um, Microsoft, what do you call it? Movie Maker? Yeah, Windows Movie Maker, which they no longer make anyway, (laughs) anymore. (laughs) But what I always did was, you know, I'd I'd have to click the caption button, and then I'd just copy-paste whatever the caption was from the script. Yeah. So it turns out that you can just copy-paste. You don't need to hit the caption button. Movie Maker automatically knows you're making a caption if you're trying to paste text into there. So that saves you... That saves you like three extra clicks. It's nice. (laughs) So the problem is that I'm not putting the captions
0: into the video files. I'm doing them all through RenPy so that people can turn the captions on and off if they want to. Mm -hmm. So I can't, I can't do it in the, like the other option would be that I have two different versions of each video. I think we talked about this before. Yeah. It's yeah. So, um, I haven't, I haven't as yet found, I mean, I'm, I'm getting faster at it. It's, it, it doesn't take as much time but it still takes time not just making the individual art but also like timing them in Renpy to the scene in the game um, okay
1: yeah i don't know how you do the the timing in renpy but i do know with um i do know there is some sort of program somewhere which does a better job of subtitles and timing mm-hmm. it's specifically designed i think for um anime videos
0: Sure. Yeah. So yeah. people
1: could do their own, and guess what? People got tired of changing the 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 you know the the <laughs> subtitles every three seconds, and so they they made their own program to make it go faster. I just don't mm-hmm. know if that would work in conjunction yeah. with Renpy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I I can look into it. Maybe maybe there is a, a simpler way to do it. The the problem is, of course, that Renpy is not built for making FMV games. <laughs> so, uh, you nothing know, nothing is so. nothing is so. I'm i I'm making it work. Um and it's honestly it's it's not taking up as like it's not taking up that much more time compared to any of the other stuff I I'm working on with the game, so you know everything takes forever. <laughs> it's fine. Um <laughs> uh, maybe, if, you know, I'm I'm getting faster at it, so hopefully I'll just keep getting faster at it. But yeah, the the game's the game's moving along. Um every time we get new footage in, it's it makes me smile so much and, and laugh so much that Lizzo has to come to my room and ask me to please stop laughing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, pizza delivery boy. Real quick, um, I don't think we mentioned. I don't. I don't think we had launched the St- uh, Steam store page yet when we recorded last. Um, I forget if we had. Anyway, there's a Steam store page for the game now, um, so everyone can go check that out, like uh, watch our trailer, check out the screenshots. Um, and this this is important. Post nice things about the game and how much you really really want to play it on the discussion board. Um, add it to your wish list. All that stuff. I have four pages left in the script. Four pages
1: oh and one of them's just the end right <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> but that also is inclusive of the the credits which is it's all whole uh, own project
1: oh yes uh. yes yes it will.
0: <laughs> so but that's fine that's that's moving along very very well um yeah I think I think that's uh, that's sort of the uh, the quick rundown mm hmm
1: so I've got uh, similar news. The, the store page for Mermaid Mission Titanic is up. And awesome. And the final round of testing should end tomorrow. I've heard from three out of the four testers. So, um, you know, if I don't hear from the fourth tester by the deadline tomorrow, I'll just send them a message. Yeah, awesome. But um, it's, it's interesting. You know, two of them both got tripped up by the line of dialogue where the mermaid refers to her tail as a she- and I'm like, oh, I thought that was cute, but apparently it was confusing. I, I thought mermaids would assign genders to their tails. Tails are definitely female. But apparently, <laughs> I was like, why is she saying I'm going to miss her? Is she talking about her daughter? No! She, she just mentioned her tail in the previous sentence. And somebody found a, a bug, uh, a bug in the adventure game segment. Oh, uh... Somebody else found a. They thought they found a problem with the the shark puzzle um, maze segment, but it wasn't. They just missed the fact that there's a see the rules button.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, that that could mean, though, that you need to make the button more obvious or yeah. or do, do something else to indicate to the player that, hey, there's a button here with rules on it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but basically I copy pasted the same idea from uh, Francie Drew and a Missing Mother-in-Law where, you know one of the dialogue options is just take a look at the the letter again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like, take a look at the rules again. That's basically what it does. It just shows you...
0: Okay, it's just one of the dialogue options. Yeah.
1: In, in any case, I'm very sad that they found a bug with with the adventure game <laughs> puzzle, and now I'm just sort of scared to do adventure game puzzles. But
0: oh. it's well, something okay. I need... You don't, you don't need to worry about the bugs in uh, Real Life Room Escape. I will take care of those. Yeah. That'll be my problem.
1: <laughs> well... We'll see. Um, you know, I kind of designed those puzzles to see if it was actually possible to do, like, a maze puzzle or, in RenPi. Or to do an adventure game-style puzzle in RenPi. And it turns right. out it's possible, so I need to keep that in mind, you know, when trying to decide mm. what to write next, what to do next.
0: Sure. Um, cool. Uh, what else you got? Anything else? Um,
1: no, let's move on to the... Letters. Yep.
0: So, first of all, um, we got a message from uh, Allison Rose who uh, wants to know what is your favorite graphically designed element in Mermaid Mission Titanic?
1: That would be my graphic designer for Mermaid Mission <laughs> Titanic. I thought so. I thought so. The text box is really cool. Um, I also like the... It's not the trading cards, but it's like the backgrounds for the cards. Or the, not the sure. badges, but... Um, large card art. That's it. Large game the large card, card art. art. <laughs> yeah, those were the best. <laughs> just, it was basically her, because she's played through the entire game, and so she she came up with interesting combinations of putting the characters in scenes, or, you know, before the good-looking backgrounds that they, they never stand in front of in front of the game. So it's it's different enough that it's really cool.
0: Okay, cool.
1: I also like the achievement artwork of the mermaid holding, like, a little trophy. That's just really oh. cute. For <laughs> uh, solving all the puzzles, it's like, Yay!
0: Have you started programming achievements yet? I
1: have programmed all the achievements I have tested you have? them all. Cool. It's I don't know how I'm going to test the final achievement, which is you've unlocked all the other achievements. Hooray, you get a completionist's mm-hmm. achievement. I've um, no idea how to test it because I didn't make a variable for that one, so <laughs> I'd either have to like add a variable for it. Or um, maybe just play through the game once on Steam before release, if that's possible. Oh
0: yeah, it definitely is.
1: Okay, so can you do that to test out your achievements, I was going to ask? Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So I'm going to try that, and if not...
0: (laughs) No, yeah, because you can, I mean... What I'm planning to do with uh the Pizza Delivery Boy is I'm planning to upload the test build to Steam and then just give all of my uh, testers code so they can download it directly through Steam, um, so that way they can test not only the game itself, but to make sure I set up all the Steam stuff correctly, uh, including achievements. And speaking of which, we need to come up with achievements at some point.
1: Oh, <laughs> for Pizza Delivery Boy?
0: <laughs> yeah, Did we do- did we ever do that?
1: No, probably not. All right. Well,
0: uh, well, we'll we'll figure that out. It's on my list. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we also got a letter at uh, podcast at I think this is literally the first time we've ever gotten a letter <laughs> for the podcast. Yeah. Uh, are you ready for <laughs> Are you ready for this? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hello, Oarock. I'm a big fan of your games and your podcast, and I have a question about puzzles. But first, I have a story. Some puzzles are too hard. I have been a fan of Game Cola for years, and Oh A Rock pretty much since it began. Yet when I played Tales of Monkey Island for the first time, I got stuck on the puzzle where Guybrush doesn't want to ask LeChuck for help, but you actually have to ask him for help. I have listened to Paul complain about this puzzle for literally years of my life, but I still got stuck on it. Yeah, because it's a terrible puzzle. It is the worst. Uh... So, my question is, how do you write puzzles to be fun hard, and not scream and pull your hair out hard? Do the two of you collaborate when writing puzzles, or do you write them separately? What is the worst puzzle you have ever had to solve in a game? I think you guys are super great, and you always make my day. I hope both your days are awesome.
1: Julia. So, I think we've kind of gone over this here in in this podcast. Clearly, with the Escape Room game, we haven't... Um, made any puzzles in conjunction with each other. It's more like, you know, I've wrote it myself and came up with puzzle ideas, and then I'm asking you, do those work? Are they okay before we we can actually make the puzzles? Because I know, like, a year or so ago, I had more puzzles that I Threw at you. It's like, oh, this would be a cool idea. We could have a music puzzle, and you're like, no, no, that would be impossible to program. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah. Well, we haven't we haven't um, worked on together too many games that really have uh, much in the way of puzzles. Um, I mean, Francie Drew games a little bit. Yeah. And I think some of that was just like. I forget, did I come up with the seed- the idea that we should have a seating puzzle? A seating uh, chart puzzle? Yes, you did. That's a pretty yes. common
1: thing. I mean, it's an obvious yeah. thing for uh, any video games with uh, that take place with a wedding. People think I was, like, referencing the Nancy Drew game where there's a wedding, but it's like, no, it's, it's a pretty obvious puzzle. You need to take advantage yeah. of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that was the extent of our collaboration, though, Was was like, I would say, this would be funny, and then Michael would go and have to actually do do the work of designing it. Um, so, we, yeah, like you said, we did touch on some of this already throughout the podcast, but I did want to go uh, a little bit into how how you sort of balance difficulty in puzzles. Um, I feel like when I'm designing a puzzle, I actually don't focus on that as much. Like, the thing I, I pay attention to is... Steps Like, how many steps is this puzzle? Is this puzzle, like, the central point of this chapter of the game? In which case, you know, I, I have to make, like, kind of a cascading flowchart of puzzles, almost. Like, this is the main thing. In order to get there, you have to solve this puzzle and this puzzle. In order to solve those two puzzles, you need to solve three more puzzles per, like, this whole thing. So, I I, I sort of layer them like that. Um, that said, the the most important thing that I have ever discovered or thought about or done with balancing puzzle difficulty is the testing and the the best thing i have ever done for for that i've ever come across for uh testing difficulty of puzzles is like literally having someone playing the game in front of you and like watching over their shoulder and taking notes and and seeing where they get stuck while they're playing the game and then you know that okay they've been working for like 10 minutes to try to solve this puzzle there's probably something wrong. They don't look like they're having fun. They are crying. Oh no. Oh no. I must fix this puzzle. (laughs) So stuff like that, like that'll tell me that, okay, so I clearly need to put more hints. Uh, there needs to be more stuff that like, if you examine stuff in the environment, there should be something that, that sort of tells you or that like leads you in the right direction. Or sometimes you just need to make it more obvious what you're even trying to achieve. Sometimes you haven't really done your job with that. Um, I know with life in the dorms, uh, the programmer I worked with that on that game ted he he suggested, and I thought this was a great idea that we have um just something on the interface that tells you exactly what your current objective or objectives are, uh so you kind of keep that in mind while you're playing the game um and I thought that was that was a good idea,
1: yeah, yeah, that's also something something that's common with i guess modern adventure games as objectives, although yeah, sometimes I feel like people include them because they feel like they have to. And then you just end up getting really bad objectives, if that makes sense.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And and some games do, like, built-in
0: hint systems, too, that, that really sort of help you along the way. Although, um, I was just rereading some uh, Gamecola reviews of, uh, I think it was Tales of Monkey Island. And the hint system just, like, completely broke me. I don't know if this was before. Uh, maybe there was a patch at some point that that fixed this. But when I played the game, the the hint system was just... Like, I, I would, it was just telling me, there's an item somewhere you need to get. Get it. And that was it. And that's not the worst part. The worst part was that there was no item I needed to get. The next solution involved talking to, this is the same, I think this might be literally the same puzzle that, uh, that Julia was talking about. The stupid, ask LeChuck for help, even though Guybrush won't. <sighs> I'm so angry. Anyway. <laughs> So that's my answer to her other question, the worst puzzle you've ever had to solve in a game. You already know what that is, Julia. You've experienced it yourself. Uh, did, do you have any thoughts on that, Michael?
1: Uh, I was just going to say, uh, like I said, somebody found a glitch with the uh, the, the adventure game puzzle in, uh, in uh, Mermaid Mission Titanic. And so that actually broke the built-in hint system. Mm. so basically the way I program the hint system is first he searches to see if you found every item and if you haven't found an item he says okay you need to look in this area again then if you found every item it checks your inventory and says okay if you have this item in your inventory if that's the number one item in your inventory then he gives a hint as to what you're supposed to do with it mm-hmm. that's basically that's just how, how I program the, the hint system but I also found out that um, he has nothing to say if, if you're at the final puzzle of the uh, adventure game segment where you've, you've got all the things out of your inventory and there are no areas to search. Anyway, the glitch with the thing was it accidentally turned it off so it made the game think that you didn't find item number two which is mashed potatoes in room one, even though you have. And that's an item that doesn't show up in your inventory. It's an item that you, you're supposed to use an item on. So, you know, it was just bad times. So.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I tend to think that from a programmer standpoint, maybe built-in systems are a little more, hint systems are a little more trouble than they're worth. But I guess I just assume that everyone's just going to go to game FAQs or whatever and look up the answer in a walkthrough if they're stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's not something, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what kids these days do when they're playing these kind of games whether it's more important to them to have something built in or if it's more important that th- there just be any way for them to do it. And if, if it's an external thing, then that's fine too. Um, I think uh, you you might have seen this the way I got around this with the beard in the mirror was that I, <laughs> I have a hint line that you can tweet at if you're stuck in the game and then I will literally just give you a hint. <laughs> <laughs> and that worked out well. People have used it. Um, I, think, I think I did have one review reviewer complain that it was too much trouble and we should have just include uh, a built-in hint system. But, you know, saying just include a built-in hint system is one thing. Actually doing that, you know, is a month of my life, you know? like.
1: Well, here's an idea. Because um, I know, I think the game's going to go with the system where, you know, like your inventory pops up and you can, um, you know, left-click an item on your, in- or right-click an item on your inventory to get, you know, the character talks about the item and what it is, and sometimes they give a clue as to what the item is. Most of the time, they just make a bad pun.
0: Yes. But it should always be that they make a bad pun.
1: Would it be possible to to give like a third option there on the inventory screen where it's just, you know, hint, it, it, the hint option where um, mm. it just tells you specifically, here's the item it's supposed to be used on? Oh. Would that be an easier oh, that's workaround?
0: That's interesting. So you have you have multiple interactions within the inventory item, one uh, inventory menu. One that lets you just equip the item for lack of a better term. Yep. Um one that examines it, and one that gives you an idea of what you're supposed to do with it. That's very interesting. One
1: that's just a straight up hint and tells you what you're yeah. supposed to do about it, I mean. That, yeah.
0: that could be wow. That's that that could be a breakthrough. I like that. Ooh. That that actually would be pretty easy. I mean, right then the work is just writing the hints, but yeah, that would be pretty easy to program. That's very interesting.
1: That reminds me of the Igor Project A Week at Cihonia. Um The way that game works is uh, if you right-click on an object while your cursor's on it on the screen, it automatically sets you to the action that you're most likely to take on it, which is look at it. Oh, that's interesting. Or if interesting. you hover it over a person, it sets to talk to person. Uh, part of the problem with the game, though, is... Um, Give item to person and use item on a person are used interchangeably. <laughs> they should be the exact same bloody thing. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. I think. Um, I want to say it was like Maniac Mansion or one of the one of the older Lucas games where they have the big verb menu at the bottom of the screen. I want to say they did something like that too, where you you would just hover your cursor over a hotspot and it sort of like highlights what what the most relevant verb is. Um, but that almost seems like a symptom of having too many verbs than it is like a, a a helpful answer. That just means if you're, if you're at the point where that's a thing you need to do, then maybe your, your verb menu isn't working so great. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, I hope we answer your question, Julia. Uh, thank you so much for writing in. Um, yeah, thanks a lot.
1: Uh, If you want to write a puzzle for us, let's, (laughs) let's do it. (laughs) All right. Um, I think that about does it for
0: this episode. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, I'm at Paul M. Franzen, and Michael is at Argolfump, spelled exactly as it sounds. You can check out all of our games on Steam or itch.io, or just visit oarock.com for the complete library. Our theme song is Dead Monster by March of the Danger Men. You can check them out on SoundCloud. And as we said earlier, we just launched our Steam store page for our next game, the Pizza Delivery Boy who saved the world. Search for it, watch the trailer, add it to your wish list, post lots of comments about how much you love it and want to play it. Um, That would be Very cool of you to do. Uh, And finally, if you have any questions about game development or our games specifically, guess what? We'd love to hear them. Email them to podcast at oarock.com. Anything you'd like to add, Michael?
1: No, just uh, thanks for supporting us. Buy our games when they come out in the next, like, two to three months. I don't know how long programming is going to take with the Mermaid game. I hope it's soon. But that just means the final tester will find so many bugs. So, so many bugs.
0: Oh, yeah. This game's not coming out till next year.
1: Yeah, it's it's just awful. All
0: right. Bye, everybody. Bye. We got it. We actually. So we got uh, two uh, two quick questions on Twitter. I want to talk about very briefly before we get into the the big nice letter that we got. Uh, so first of all, um, we got a message from uh, Hugh Miller, who we've worked on with both Pizza Boy and Internet Court. Um, when I made out when I made my call for questions, he said, "Like I want to ask a question, but I don't know what I want to ask." So yeah.
1: Oh, thank you for your questions. <laughs>
0: okay. I guess that's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep trying, Hugh. You'll get him next month. Um.